The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Carly Meisberg. Today, we focus on the Oregon Hospitality Foundation and how the organization's mission has changed since the start of the pandemic. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm really happy to be joined today by iPhone slash Zoom, Wendy Popkins, who is the Executive Director for Oregon Hospitality Foundation. How are you today? I'm great, Phil. Thanks for having me. I sure appreciate it. Absolutely. So we're going to get into exactly what Oregon Hospitality Foundation is doing now uh, in the time of COVID-19. But first, who, who are you in general? Who, who is Oregon Hospitality Foundation in general? Because you pre-existed for almost 30 years now before all of this happened. We did. Yeah, we were established in 1992 as a nonprofit 501c3. And our purpose has always been to support the hospitality industry. We recently expanded that with everything that's going on with the pandemic. And so in addition to what we had been doing, which was supporting the workforce education and training needs of the hospitality industry, we're now also providing charitable relief as well. So what's, let's roll back then to, to January and February. What, what sort of work were you doing at that point? Oh, so we have a lot of different programs still. One of them is ProStart, and it's a culinary career and technical education training program in the high schools. We're part of a nationwide program that has over 145,000 kids. We have 36 schools in Oregon. And in January and February, we were planning for our state competition. And that's a big deal. That's like the capstone event. You know, it's the varsity event for all of these student chefs who have literally worked on their menus for six months and practiced two to three times a week. So our competition was March 2nd, and there was a lot of energy behind that. And we, um, so we uh, were preparing for that and getting ready to um, also, we have a guest service training program that's used throughout the state. It's internationally accredited called um, Guest Service Gold Tourism. It's a customized program for Oregon that we, did in collaboration with our partners at Travel Oregon, as well as the American Hotel and Lodging Educational Institute. We were rolling out a lot of training um, for that. We were also um, deep into workforce training. We have uh, good relationships with some workforce boards across the state. And as you know, January, February, and the first part of March, unemployment was low. And our goal was to help support people who were looking for jobs still to give them additional skills to enter our industry since it's such a low barrier to entry. And for those in the industry to support them with training and educational needs so that they could advance. We were super busy, really excited. And I would say really in my eight years, almost eight years there, that we were writing the, the quest. It was really exciting. And, and I want to go back to the staying competition real quickly. So were you able to uh, squeeze that in? I know that at that point, uh, there, was all, there was a lot of talk about whether or not to host 
events that we're bringing together people from around the state. Yeah, it's ironic that you asked that because typically our event is a right before or right after spring break. And because where we host the event, Salem Convention Center, wasn't available then, we decided to go earlier. And I'm really glad that we did because you're right, the next week, my colleagues across the country who were also hosting their state events, most of them didn't get to do it. As a matter of fact, my friend down in California, they did a virtual event because theirs was two weeks later. So we were able to have it. It was a really wonderful experience. And, you know, in terms of a, a memory to cherish, it's quite a day. So it, it, it's been really inspirational. I'm so glad that we were able to have it and that the kids were able to experience it. We were able to acknowledge all the work that they and their teachers put into the program. Yeah, a virtual event for chefs just doesn't quite sound the same. I mean, you missed out on the smell and the taste. That's exactly what I was going to say. The smell just doesn't <laughs> But they did a really good job. If you're interested, sometime my colleague um, put together an 18-minute video of what they did, and it's pretty funny. Um, they they did a good job with it in California. But I'm, I, it couldn't match what you do in person for sure. And and so the interaction I, with the industry, you know, too, because we have 50 judges, professional chefs, and restaurant operators, and marketing specialists, and that's really the highlight of the day is interacting with the students. So, you know, when you do the Brady Bunch Zoom call, it's hard to do that, right, with 50 people. <laughs> so this is, I mean, this is really, I, not to hover on this too much, but it sounds so interesting. And this is really like uh, March Madness for high school seniors who want to be chefs. Exactly. Yeah. And then the award winners, we actually, the foundation raises enough money to take them back to nationals in Washington, D.C. And so that was a nail biter because that was in May. and they were figuring out what they were going to be able to do and um we at first it looked like we were going to get to go and then um i guess it was maybe the beginning of april no no it was the end of march it all kind of blurs together doesn't it so <laughs> end of march when they finally decided oh we just we we can't do this in a safe you know safe respect and many of the schools hadn't been able to compete in their state competition so it really didn't make sense and how many how many high school seniors are wanting to be chefs? I mean, it's it's and and has that increased over the years? I mean, as as Portland has become a more uh, nationally recognized restaurant city, uh, has has that had a, a an impact on on high schoolers and what they're dreaming about? Yeah, it actually has. You know, a few years ago with the all the celebrity chef shows that were coming on that really did a lot to inspire students to see the kind of creativity and passion that goes into creating food and then many of our students also you know travel has really expanded it's become more accessible to families and so they were inspired by their experiences at resorts or you know outdoors things like that we were actually you asked about portland specifically um we were that was one of the other projects that was very hot in january is that they have a number of culinary programs and we were working with them to expand and support those both with bringing industry into the classroom bringing classrooms out to various sites and also to expand the focus from culinary to the greater world of hospitality um and and we were all really excited about that <laughs> and and i mean and it's interesting because i mean so you you graduated from u of o for, with a, a leisure service major is that right 
Yeah, you want to know what that means? Well, I, I both want to know what that means. And then, I mean, I'm also putting you in the mindset of some of these teenagers. I mean, obviously, from an early age, you were interested in, 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 in this field. I actually wanted to be in recreation. That's what I focused on in leisure services. And I wanted to be a camp counselor. And the reason I chose that is because I just loved the idea of being involved in making memories with people and, and being involved in happy times. And I also double majored at the University of Oregon in marketing. And we did an intercept survey for the Valley River Inn. And I had never stayed in a nice property like that. Phil. you know, my, my family were campers and every three or four days we'd check into Motel 6 to take a shower, you know, and, and watch TV or, or swim. And I was just blown away by that nice hotel and eating in the restaurant and working with the sales team was amazing. And I was asked to stay on and do an internship and plan an event, which I did. And that was based on my recreation background and abilities. And after that, I decided, wow, hospitality is just like recreation, but to get to travel and eat better, I want to do that. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's what I did. And, and it was really you know, looking back on that experience, Phil, it's what gives me the inspiration for what I do now, because the only reason I got that opportunity was because somebody in the industry took me under their wing. And the only reason that I have such a diverse background in the industry is because it's always been like that. I've been able to zig and zag and do some really amazing things and experiences, and it's all because of the support that I would get from, from other people who... I didn't know what I was doing, but they were willing to teach me. Um, and it was because they was one of my bosses, my first boss actually at the, at the um, Red Lion in Salem. She said, you're obnoxiously enthusiastic. And that's oh. actually a really good thing for the industry. <laughs> well, I, that's, I, that, I, that's how I got started. I imagine that obnoxious enthusiasm is a good thing right now. You, you talked about being motivated to want to make good memories. I'm going to make a hard pivot here to a period of time that obviously is maybe not making a lot of good memories. Um, I want to start with taking an assessment. So in February of this year, there was 157,000 people working in Oregon's restaurant and 24,000 working in lodging facilities. So this is states that I'm, I'm pulling this from, from your website, um, the state's third largest uh, um, industry. I mean, contributing almost 6 billion to Oregon's GDP. Um, now, flash forward just two months, 80%, 81% of restaurant employees have been laid off or furloughed since the beginning. I mean, wow, wow, right? This is, yeah. this is you can just hear the needle scratch. That's a, that's a really good analogy. It was overnight because as you remember, the restaurants were the first to shut down. Um, for in for dining, and many of them didn't have takeout or <laughs> delivery kind of models, and so you know that scratch you hear is 127,000 people losing their jobs. Oof. So <laughs> I want to. I don't know how much I want to hover on that. I want to get to some of the the highlights because um, Oregon Hospitality Foundation has been doing some really wonderful acknowledgement of the restaurants that that have work to make lemonade out of lemons, as it were, right? Um, <laughs> right. So when I'm gonna do this, I, I, um, I'm, gonna, I, I'm gonna go to a music break uh, and I'm gonna have you set that up. When we come back, I wanna talk about 
um, some of the highlights that the restaurants are doing, um, you know, and, and, and then, you know, try to find that silver lining on this, this gray cloud of, of, of what's been happening. Wendy Popkin is executive director for Oregon Hospitality Foundation. This is X-Ray FM and this is the nonprofit happy hour. And Wendy, you, you brought in a song for us. I did. It's a little thing by Michael Franti and Spearhead. And, and why that song? So um, March 16th, when we realized what was happening to our industry, I was at home and I decided to put together what I call a happy, upbeat playlist um, because I wasn't feeling very happy and upbeat at all. And uh, so I put together a variety of dance tunes and just upbeat songs. And so when, when I anticipated this question, I was told that you would ask it. I went and looked back and I looked at the lyrics of this song and, it, and it's really incredible, you know, things like, and make sure everybody eats at least because everybody's got a place in the human race. Mm. And given the events over this week, I just couldn't think of any better song. And it talks about, you know, it doesn't cost a dime just to spend a little time and throw a little smile at somebody passing by you. That's what I believe. Let's take a listen. It's the little things. I remember when a bar fight used to be a fist fight, but that's all right. It never ended in a gunfight, maybe a bruise or two. But I still have a brew with you and never made the news. Damn, I was singing the blues. I remember when a concert was the funnest thing we ever did. Nobody running for the exit. We were high on life, shining bright, feeling all right. Man, we got to bring that back. You know that it don't cost a dime just to spend a little extra time. Just throw a little smile at somebody passing by you. And you know love don't cost a thing But it's worth more than any diamond ring Cause in this great big world It's the little things got nukes now running around with weapons like kooks now and we could use a little increase on peace from florida to the middle east and get veterans off the streets and make sure everybody eats at least because everybody's got a place in the human race you know that it don't cost a dime just to spend a little extra time to throw a little smile at somebody passing by you and you know love don't cost a thing but it's worth more than any diamond ring in this great big world It's the little things Every day that you're living All the love that you're giving In this great big world It's the little things Make every breath that you breathe Stand up for what you believe in In this great big world It's the little things Oh, 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 oh. 
vision that everybody stays alive. I know it sounds simplified, but it's true, and it's time that we realize that the little things are what keep us alive. So I still got faith in the human race. Every day that you're living, all the love that you're giving in this great big world, it's the little things make every That was Michael Fronte. Uh, this is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm talking to Wendy Popkin, who's Executive Director of Oregon Hospitality Foundation, an organization that for almost 30 years has been supporting and nurturing uh, restaurants, lodges, the tourism industry throughout Oregon, which uh, of, of course has been in the bullseye of how COVID-19 has hit economically the uh, third largest sector of Oregon's economy has been uh, decimated. 80% of the jobs uh, laid off or furloughed. Um, instead of dwelling on that, we're going <laughs> to try to put a, <laughs> we're going to turn that frown upside down. We are going there to, you go. we're going to talk about what some of the, what some of the restaurants have, which have been so incredible in terms of responses. I mean, I think people in the restaurant industry are already very nimble in terms of re responding and, and seeing trends and being part of the community. Um, Wendy, the Oregon Hospitality Foundation has, has recognized five specific Oregon owners who have been feeding frontline workers, foster families, unemployed service industries. How did, how did that come about? Why, why, did, why did Oregon Hospitality Foundation decide to instead of burying its head in the sand to maybe try to highlight some of the good? It was hard to ignore. It was easy to see all that restaurants were doing in our communities. And you know, hospitality is all about the relationship between you and a guest. And so it really didn't surprise me. So um, there's, there's national organizations like the World Central Kitchen that step in for, for catastrophes you know, all around the world. But I saw a lot of things going on locally that just really made me proud and reinforced why I support the hospitality industry. So right away with that quick shutdown order, you can imagine the amount of food that many restaurants have in inventory. Many would have just ordered, you know, earlier in the week. So a lot of the colleagues that I was talking to were saying, hey, we have all this food. What can we do with it? Do you know how we can donate to the food bank? We understand that schools need it, you know, that we were just getting calls all day long. So that was part of it. And then I started to read articles about, um, you know, places like Salilo in Hood River that said, hey, we, we, we got the shock wave on Sunday. We took Monday off. And Tuesday, we all gathered and made meals from what we had and decided that we needed to serve our employees because now they didn't have jobs and they didn't have unemployment. 
And then the community heard about it and people started saying, hey, you know, this person up the hill can't get to the grocery store and this person. So just hearing many stories around the state like that, um, we were inspired to try to help support those efforts. And so um, it was actually quite accidentally that takeout in a movie happened and the results have been pretty amazing. And, right, and so, so, so you, right at the end there, you tucked in the, this event, Takeout in a Movie. Um, explain what that was, uh, and, and, and because this was really a, a fundraiser to um, recognize these five restaurants, or um, what's, what's the connection between yeah. the, the restaurants and the event? So we saw what was going on with restaurants, but honestly, we don't have um, reserve funds, uh, a lot of reserve funds in the foundation to just start making grants like we have been. And simultaneously, I had gotten a notice from the Hollywood Theater, where I'm a subscriber, that they were now offering movies virtually because movie houses had also been closed by that time. And the first one they were doing was a movie called Phoenix, Oregon. And I decided to sign up. And when I did, it was really interesting because there were like 20 theaters that you could designate which one you wanted proceeds to go to. In other words, I got the notice from the Hollywood Theater, and when I went to click on the page to buy the movie, I could actually have some of the proceeds of buying that movie to watch benefit them. So I watched the movie, and Phil, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, fun, it's a funny movie, right? Yeah, well, it's a really great uplifting movie, and you might remember that one of the central characters is a chef, Carlos, and he just nailed that at passion that chefs have for feeding people, and, and it's more than the food, it's about creating community, and so I was just so touched because I was so raw by what was going on in the restaurant industry, and so at the end of that movie, I'm crying, I'm laughing, you know, it's like one in the morning, I've had, uh, maybe half a bottle of wine, <laughs> I found the email for the producer and I emailed and I told that person how much that movie touched me. And I also said I was intrigued with that benefit idea and here's what I do. And I wondered if she'd be interested in doing something similar. And so I, I don't know, I woke up at like nine o'clock the next day and I had an email back from her. She said, that sounds intriguing, let's talk. And That's three fantastic. weeks later we launched. Yeah, it was really great. And, and you know, you talk about focusing on the positive all these other things that I couldn't do and our foundation couldn't necessarily impact. We saw a clear path for being able to help that. And uh, thanks to the collaboration with them and the folks on my team at the Oregon Restaurant and Lodging Association, we pulled off this event in three weeks from when we first, you know, from that Saturday morning to, to when we, um, we ran the first movie. And we, we sold over 650 tickets pretty amazing because we don't really have a retail audience, so to speak, you know, we don't normally sell tickets to things. We got a really generous donation from the Grub Hub for new funds. And, um, and the foundation did donate, I ended up to seed the funds. Uh, we donated $10,000 that I would have spent to take those students to Washington for that national competition because I figured it was all about the future of our industry and this is, this is about the future of our industry. So, yeah, so we got to make our first awards last week and this week on Friday, as a matter of fact, um, today, I will be um, announcing five more awards that we're making throughout the state. Fantastic. So, so the first five awards were given out to, I mean, I was, I was, it was interesting. There's two in Coos Bay, uh, Restaurant O yeah. and Seven Devils. Uh, the first set is, is uh, making meals for homeless children and then Seven Devils, uh, Seven Devils, 
uh, meals for unemployed service sector and soup for the homeless. Um, and then uh, in Portland, there was two, uh, the botanist house. Is, is this right? There's 750 meals per day to the unemployed service. Yeah. That's a yeah, lot. It's really, it's so much. And it's really an amazing model because actually, you know, like every other restaurant and bar, they had to close down. And so they laid off all their employees. And then they got this idea, again, from looking at their inventory, hey, we're going to feed our employees what's left. And they started seeking donations. And they started just paying out of their own pocket. And they hired back more people, still than they had in the first place to be the drivers to deliver these meals to the people who needed them. I mean, it's, I, are you, and then well, I want to first also point out Toro Bravo, which is probably the highest profile restaurant in, in the group of the five, um, that certainly for our listenership. And they have been working with homeless youth agencies, um, PAIR and uh, uh, Outside In to, to feed homeless youth during this time. Is that right? Yeah, they actually have a number of programs. If you go to their website, uh, uh, those who would seek to donate can actually make a choice of where the money would go to feed various populations. So they're doing a really excellent job from all of their outlets. And, you know, the, the Gorums are just amazingly philanthropic folks have supported our community for a long time. So it's, you know, it, they, they definitely expanded that focus um, with what they're doing with feeding. And, and I mean, so we're happy to support that. Oregon Hospitality Foundation. I mean, now, now, I mean, is this shifting the core of what the foundation will do? And and I mean, and bringing some more idea of community building into it. I mean, all of this work is so impressive. What restaurants are doing uh, that your organization is recognizing those and helping support it. Does this is this temporary or or is this does this last? You know, that's a really interesting question. A lot of different answers went through my head when you asked that. But at the core, the tourism and hospitality industry has always been about supporting the community. You know, via economic development, via product development, via special events. This is a hard pivot for sure in terms of its charity for the Oregon Hospitality Foundation. But it's not a hard pivot at all for the industry that we serve. So for us, we actually did have to expand our purpose legally to provide charitable relief like this. It wasn't in our original articles of incorporation, so that's also something else that happened in three weeks. We had to file all that good paperwork with the Oregon Secretary of State. Um, but I see that as an ongoing need, most um, definitely both for the community and for our colleagues. We're going to be seeking grants still and other kinds of support so that we can provide technical assistance. And so, and also, you know, hopefully support projects like these and see that as an ongoing need. And we're all really worried about recovery for all of our industries and all of our state. Um, of course, I'm particularly focused on hospitality and we just want to do whatever we can. So I see this as an ongoing effort on our part. Wendy Popkin is executive director for Oregon Hospitality Foundation. And I, I do encourage uh, listeners to go check out their website, especially uh, today, this afternoon, Friday, uh, to look at the new batch of uh, five awards for restaurants. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, it's so nice to have to hear about these positive stories um, about 
the restaurants that are helping the unemployed, uh, the restaurants that are helping homeless. Uh, I also, I didn't put, point out in the first group, Rudy's Steakhouse in Salem, that's giving 800 meals to first responders. Um, Wendy, thank you so much for taking the time and thank you for recognizing all this good work and, and for pivoting your organization. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you so much. Can, can I add just one thing also, Phil? Absolutely. I would be amiss if, would be amiss if I didn't recognize our hotel community as well. This particular promotion being our first one in restaurants, we intend to do others as well. But you'll see a lot of hotels, like the Jupiter, for example, that are um, using rooms to, um, for the homeless, and the Oregon Convention Center, operated by Metro, to do the same. And uh, there's a tie-in there with Toro Bravo, who's using some of that money to, to provide meals there. So it's the entire industry, really, that's doing some amazing things. Ah, this just makes me this just makes me feel better about the world right now. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> me too. Me too. Thanks so much for letting me talk about it. I really appreciate it. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you. The nonprofit happy hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.